Welcome to Discover Ag, where every week we discover what's new in the world of agriculture. We're your hosts, Natalie Kavork, a rancher and pharmacist from Nebraska. And Tara Vanderdusen, a dairy farmer and environmental scientist from New Mexico. And together we bring you our professional farming opinions on a variety of trending topics in the ag and food space, so you can better understand our food system and feel connected to the hands that feed us. All right, you guys, happy Tuesday and welcome to episode 91. This is the very first episode of a brand new series we're bringing you guys this summer. Uh, For the months of June, July, and August, we are going to do what we are calling, I guess, our debunking series. We tried to come up with something more fun and unique, and we just fell flat. So if you guys are listening and you come up with something and you want to do the heavy lifting of naming it for us, by all means, go ahead. But basically what we're going to do is for the next three months, we're going to take a documentary, quote unquote, or a film that's out there that we feel like is kind of negative, you know, not based in fact, and we're going to, you know, debunk it. We're really going to sit down, go through it. Hopefully you guys watch with us and kind of have a basis of it as well so that we can really get to the, you know, the pain points of these films. And then we didn't want to just do a negative film. We thought that's not like a great way to end. So the following week, we are going to highlight a documentary film that we feel like Um, you know, is very truthful about the food and ag space. And so today we are bringing you Game Changers. And we're really excited because we have a special guest with us too. Yes, we do have a special guest. We have Lauren Twig, and I will let her give her credentials and all the things about her. But since this is kind of like a health and nutrition, like they really focus on the nutrition aspect in Game Changers, we wanted to bring in an expert. Natalie and I can talk farming all day, and actually Lauren can talk farming plenty of the day too, but we wanted to bring in her expertise on nutrition. And Natalie and I and Lauren, have our paths have crossed a few times now over the course of the last year. So we are so excited to have her on the podcast. Welcome, Lauren. Thanks so much. I am not going to lie. I feel pretty special that I get to be on the first episode of this debunk situation. (laughs) I'm super excited. So just to intro on myself, my name is Lauren Twig. I am a registered and licensed dietitian. So I do have a master's degree in clinical nutrition. Um, And then I also have a background in farming as well. I grew up in agriculture. My family still farms today, kind of on a variety of things. And I actually feel that that ended up being a nice uh, segue into this um, documentary is because my family does both animal agriculture and then also plant, you know, they do lots of farming, tree fruit, nuts, things of that nature that are really featured in this documentary. So I'm excited to get into it. It was quite a... um, (laughs) <laughs> quite a revisit for me to go to go back to it. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> I do feel like you are very unique in straddling the different types of agriculture because your family does dairy farming and you do almonds, right? So you yeah, are like almonds. doing all the things. Yes. Yeah. I know. For our audience, hopefully you guys have watched Game Changers and are kind of like joining us on this summer series of watching these Netflix documentaries. And I'm glad we're balancing it with the negatives and the positive because getting through this one as it's been hinted at was rough. (laughs) And 
yeah, we'll get into all of that. But I thought I would give a little bit, in case you haven't watched it, give just slight background for anyone who hasn't seen it. So it's a guy, he's like an MMA fighter. I think that's what he is. Would you say he's like, he's like a intense mixed smart. Yeah, it's mixed martial arts. Um, he's an athlete, he's a trainer, and he gets really badly injured and he starts this like out on this quest I kept thinking of the word quest like it was like more than a journey he was like out to figure out how to best recover um from this injury and he wanted to do it through diet and so he finds the vegan diet or plant-based as we'll get into he calls it plant-based a lot and he's kind of you know all over the place in this film on this quest. He goes from, you know, his health journey to his dad's health journey to Olympic athletes, like heavyweight, I don't even know what they're called, like strongman competitions. He talks with football players. He even does like a study on firefighters. So he is just like on this quest to find the best diet for him to be not only recover, but to be like an optimal athlete. So with that, What are first impressions, Natalie? So Lauren already hinted that she had to revisit this film. And I, as you guys will come to find out, actually with every single one of the negative documentaries we're highlighting this summer, have never watched them until this point. So I was coming into this very first impression, very clean slate. And I actually honestly knew very little bit about it. I knew there's like Joe Rogan has done a debunking on it, but I have never really consumed any material around Game Changers. All I knew is that it had to do with Um, athletes and Arnold Schwarzenegger. So my very first impression, honestly, it came in with a, in my opinion, like a pretty cool rap song. I think it was Lil Wayne. And I was like, this is kind of badass. Like this is, I don't know. It was like, um, well, I'll talk about this in a little bit because I feel like they preyed on the emotion of empowerment almost, which is very atypical. I feel like normally the emotion they go on is something else. But I was like kind of jazzed. I was pumped. They were showing these athletes running and these cool, cool cinematography. Like I thought it was very well done. And so I was like, great, this is, you know, what we're up against. I can see why this did so well. And then my other initial thought, I actually had to pause the video because I was like, wait, am I in the right video? Am I actually watching like a cool documentary about you know, athletes and, or am I in the right one? And so I had to pause, go out on Netflix, like re-Google the title to make sure I was doing it right. And then I went back in and I was like, okay, I guess this is it. And we'll talk about how I feel like they did this very intentional. Like they did not, they don't use the word vegan hardly. They don't use vegetarian. They use plant-based. I didn't pay attention to the timestamp, but I feel like it was probably close to 10, 15 minutes before they even got into the diet idea. And I was like, okay, this is very strategic, very well done. So, As you will learn in this summer debunking series, I'm the opposite of Natalie. I've watched every single one of these (laughs) movies and I am revisiting them. This one was actually recommended to me by a coworker when it very first came out along with Joe Rogan's debunking. Like he was like, I think you'd really enjoy like the contrast between the two. But to be honest, I did not remember at all. I had a similar experience to you, Natalie, that I was like, am I in the right movie? Like, I do not remember it being like this. And I think I just remember so much of the rest of it that that beginning part, I was like, this is not what it's about. And so I, it is a very effective movie. Like you said, I had parts of it where in my notes, I literally wrote like, wait, am I supposed to be plant-based? Like, I'm so <laughs> confused. I'm so conflicted um, because it just was a very effective marketing. Yeah. What do you think, Lauren? No, I I echo everything. I mean, obviously working in nutrition, I've been asked about literally every documentary out there. So, and that's, and I think that that has always been my main takeaway from this documentary and any other is they do such a great job at 
basically convincing you that this is the only option. And so I had watched it kind of when it initially came out. And this time I came at it really for a refresher. And same as what you just said, Tara, like I forgot a lot of the stuff that they cover in there. Um, but my almost my favorite part is at the very beginning, you know, they say, this is not meant to be medical or nutrition advice. But then they go into this whole like fear documentary. And this is something that I see so often done in documentaries or online where people say, you know, I, you don't have to do what I do, but then they essentially scare you into doing what they do. And that's always my main issue. That's my main issue with this documentary. And I had to try really hard. I am not a vegan, but I have lots of friends who are being a vegans, vegetarian. I have lots of followers who are vegan, vegetarian, uh, and that's cool, whatever. That's great. And so I really tried to go into this documentary open-minded. I tried to read criticisms on both sides of it and then also just establish my own my own input on it. And I would say that it just, it scares you into feeling like this is the only option that you can do. And that is my main issue actually with the documentary. So I think that's actually a great place to kick it off is this, I guess, premise of the the plant-based diet, because I do feel like that was actually one of the big glaring things they started with was pitting plant-based versus animal-based diets. And mm-hmm. I essentially <laughs> felt like they were taking these strong, a lot of strong men. I mean, they did feature women. Basically, they're saying these guys are successful and these are the diets they're doing. And like you said, this is the way you should be eating too. Yeah, I think that my biggest issue was kind of that too. And I think that one thing they they kept like talking about like protein, like, oh, you can get plenty of protein from plants. And you know, obviously they didn't dive into the benefits of animal protein because that was not the goal of the movie. But that I felt like was that I watched this actually on the plane home from Rome. And I think I actually like yelled at the TV a couple times. And like the guy next to me was like, oh my God, like this girl's really into this movie. Um, but I did, I was like, what about like protein? What about complete protein from animals? It's like they don't talk about that at all. The importance of amino acids in the protein, the, you know, all of the quality of the protein, the bioavailability of the protein. And so, you know, one of the reasons we wanted to bring Lauren on today is because I felt like they had a very much lack of experts on this movie. Like they interview one like sports medicine doctor and no offense to like that guy, but like he is not an RD. And so I think coming at it from that, Lauren, like, wh- like what, what about protein? That was what I was so frustrated about. I, I completely agree. And I, I actually went through the whole thing again and I watched it now a few weeks ago when y'all initially reached out. I don't think they had one RD in the whole thing. No, I don't think so. I don't think one, not one dietitian, which I'm like, wow, y'all really missed the mark. If you're trying to sell me on nutrition and you don't even have a nutrition professional, come talk. So um, no, and, and that's, you hit the nail on the head. So to be very clear, you absolutely can get enough protein from a vegan diet, from a vegetarian diet. And Anybody will tell you that. Anybody will tell you that. But the reality is, is that it has to be a very well thought out, very well planned diet uh, because of the fact that a lot of plant-based proteins are missing these essential amino acids. Of the 20, there are nine that your body cannot make that you have to get from your diet. Your body typically is very good at creating the nutrients and the building blocks that it needs, uh, but there are few that it can't do that on. And so that is what an essential amino acid is. And it is very well known that animal-based proteins 
contain these essential amino acids. And then they also contain amino acids in a way that your body can better access. So I've seen all different kinds of numbers, um, 10 to 20% that, that plant, plant-based proteins are 10 to 20% less available than animal-based proteins. I've even seen some num- numbers go all the way up 10 to 40% less available than animal-based proteins. And while, uh, one thing I think this documentary does a great job on is saying, you know, that's not a problem that you can get more than enough protein with a vegan diet. And yes, that's true. But the issue is, is they only showcase these like very high intensity athletes, people who are consuming probably double the calories than your average human being. Um, And so it's a lot easier to get enough protein when you can eat that amount of calories. And then for the average person where their their calorie content is a lot lower, uh, therefore the protein contribution tends to be a lot lower, they need to have more high quality proteins to make sure they're not missing out on these essential amino acids. And that is where I think this documentary gets a little risky is that they don't take into account just your average Joe. And so I, I was a little disappointed on the way they tee up the protein. I think they left a lot of things out. And I do think they... They didn't do a great job of portraying the complexity of getting enough high-quality protein in a plant-based diet. And and make no mistakes, when I say plant-based and when they say plant-based, they are talking vegan, 100%. So you brought up a really a lot of really valid points there, and I want to table the representation of athletes versus general society for a second, because what I want to focus on right now, I guess, is um, kind of what you said about we're not saying that you can't not get protein from plants or that plants are bad or you shouldn't have them. Like we're not arguing for, I guess, on the extreme opposite end would be the carnivore diet. I'm also not denying that these athletes are obviously like living a very optimal life. They are thriving on the diets that they're doing. And especially, I guess it came to mind when I watched Carl Lewis, which is he was like the 60 year old retired. I think he was in the Olympics and he's like a trainer. Um, Mm -hmm. And it really came to peak when I was watching him because I was like, obviously, yes, he is very fit. Like he is slaying for a six-year-old. Like he has got it going on. I cannot deny that. But the film never talked about what else. So what else is he putting into his diet? What is he not putting into his diet? And like the other very important part pieces of that goes into that complete puzzle when we look at like overall health of a person like there's lifestyle there's a lot of other things to play in and they really just preyed on the diet portion of it obviously the other thing and and on this note of the athletes is that the references again that they use is a not only are these people you know eating almost double the calories probably of your average individual um, and that's great they're they're training at a very high level those are their caloric needs and that's fine but the other reality is that they have a whole team of people behind them making sure they do not miss out on these adequate nu- they, these nutrients these really important nutrients so with plant based uh, majority of the time being an incomplete protein a lot of times you have to pair them together or you have to have all these different types of plant based proteins featured in your day in order to make sure that you are giving your body all these essential building blocks. And so these individuals have an entire team of people who are experts in the field doing that for them. And I think that one of the main things that gets left out of this conversation, not just in this documentary, but even in today's society, is you have to have the nutrition literacy to know how to do that. I went and got a master's degree in this. And even I would need to go and 
research, okay, what kind of foods have, you know, this vitamin or what kind of foods have this essential amino acid just to make sure that I'm getting enough. And I spent a lot of my career and a lot of my schooling focusing on this. And so I think nutrition literacy is something that gets left out way too many times. You not only need to pay extra attention to these nutrients, but you need to know which nutrients to pay extra attention to. And that is one of the beauties of an animal-based protein is that I like to say they are simply nutritious, that they don't require as much mental energy to make sure that you are pairing everything together properly because it's already there. It's already there for you. Um, And so that's something that I think gets left out a lot. You can plan out a vegan diet. Great, you can, but that takes a lot of effort and you need to know how to do it. You need to know what to focus on. So many times in my notes that I was like, they're not talking about the supplements. They're not talking about who's planning their diets. What what all different varieties of vegetables? Like, you know, I think about the average American diet. It is mostly plant-based. We eat a ton of plants, quote unquote, but we aren't eating necessarily like super nutrient dense plants or getting a variety of plants so that we can, you know, really tap into all of those different nutrients. And that was something with this that I think I want to get into. I want to like dive a little more into the nutrition because they threw around a lot of words that even I was like, well, I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's true or not. And some of the notes that I wrote down is like, they talk about how we can't make vitamin C. So we need to get it from plants. Like the brain needs glucose. Like they were just like throwing out, I feel like all of these nutrition and medical things. And and this was one of my other issues with the the documentary is I think that they so minimize these nutrients that are so important, one of them being iron. Iron is a nutrient of concern, especially in the American population, one that people typically fall low on. You can typically find it low in children. You find it low in women. You find it low in pregnant and lactating women. You know, All of these populations need adequate iron. Next bullet, uh, we can't make vitamin C, so we need plants. Okay, fine. We, you know, we need, we need plants. That's all you're showing me. But what I find annoying about this comment is that they are going on and on about how we can get all, like our body is fine without animal products, but we have this whole list of essential amino acids that our body cannot make that is found in animal products. And they leave that out. Yet they say our body can't make vitamin C. That is proof you need plants. And I just feel that they <laughs> yeah. themselves, you know, they just, they show their bias. So like they showed all their cards right there, because uh, if you're going to make the point on that nutrient, you need to make the point on all the nutrients that your body cannot make. You can definitely tell they cherry picked the vitamin C. They're like, what's the yes. one thing we can pull out of all of the micronutrients? And they're like, oh, vitamin right. C, we need plants. I'm glad you touched on the iron and the B12, because I feel like they actually had the spokeswoman of the Morgan. Mitchell, which she is the Australian female athlete, talk about um, vitamin B12 and iron. And I was like, no, you're having the woman talk about how she gets by without the iron and the vitamin B12. And I was like, that's like who is probably most, you might have statistics to support it, but I think women are the ones that are higher, most efficient in that. And I was like, and you're having the female say she's get by on it, which goes to the points we've talked about several times now is that her, she is not uh, comparable to the average standard American female. And so having her be the spokeswoman that like, I'm okay on this plant-based diet and I'm not having problems with either the iron or the vitamin B12, I feel like is, is really harmful. And it just actually honestly like pissed me off a little bit. Uh, Yeah. Vitamin B12 is the other like really, really concerning nutrient. If you switch to a vegan diet, uh, vitamin B12 is really important 
in your body, it plays a lot of roles, but it's very important for like neurological function. And so a lot of times when someone is deficient in B12, you know, there's all different kinds of symptoms, but you can actually have these neurological symptoms that come up. Um, And vitamin B12 is brought into the diet through animal products. So there are some plant sources, like I want to say, like nutritional yeast is a popular source. Um, (laughs) That sounds yummy. (laughs) Right. No, but that's exactly what nutritional literacy, right? And I, and I, and I mean that in the most positive way is some of these sources are so like one off and they're expensive. They're expensive to sprinkle nutritional yeast on, on your everything, you know, throughout the day. And then beyond that it's supplements. And so I actually, when I was getting ready for this, I read lots of, uh, like I said, commentary on both sides. So I read a lot of the debunks, which there are quite a few debunk criticisms of this um, documentary, even in the plant-based vegan community, where they are like, I don't feel that they teed this up well for us because they made us look like all we do is cherry pick. And and that's not true for everybody. But I was reading on a few really popular um vegan cookbooks, vegan websites, vegan resources, whatever it may be. And every single one of them notes the nutrients that you are at risk for are iron and vitamin B12. And so I found it very interesting that this documentary was basically like, it is not a worry at all. And I think it was a total strategy that they had a female comment on this because the women are a population highest at risk. And I agree with you. I think it's dangerous. Um, most of these resources all say you should supplement supplement in those those vitamins and minerals um, to ensure that you are not falling low. I do think it's really dangerous, and I'm glad you use that word because I think we have more and more vegans um, that are coming back saying, like, I was really unhealthy. I was not doing it right. Like, I think we can agree that you can do it right. There's mm-hmm. a lot of work to it. There's a lot of, like, nutrition know-how that needs to go into it. But there are a lot of people that do it and don't do that and have really bad side effects, and it, it is dangerous. And I think movies like that play into it. And kind of going on that note, we have kind of, all of us have kind of mentioned that they keep comparing the vegan diet to the standard American diet. And that's one of my big issues always with veganism is this, they did the study with the firefighters and I was in what they did was like, essentially they made like the, you know, average firefighter. They had all this blood work done, all these things done and saw where their health like standard was at. And then they had them be like plant-based for a week or vegan for a week. And it was like, what else did they like cut out? You know, where, I mean, what were they eating? Like the standard American diet, I think we can all agree is not an optimal diet. And so I'm like, can we please compare top athletes that are vegan to top athletes that are like eating a whole foods diet? I don't think that we would see these massive differences if we were comparing two groups of people that both, like you said, have massive teams behind them planning their diet, making sure that they are getting every nutrient they need, optimal nutrients. Like, let's compare that. You know, in this movie, their representation of a meat eater, like admitted that his favorite meat was like KFC fried chicken and like no offense to KFC, no offense to fried chicken. But like that's a completely different piece of meat than a great steak. I think a lot about too the football athlete who had his his wife was like the famous vegan chef. I was like yeah. the meals that she is making for this. You could tell she was a high profile sh- like chef. And I was like, okay. that is not what the average vegan is eating. Um, Lauren, I want you to talk about a second to transition kind of while we're on this, I guess, like food study topic. Because mm-hmm. one thing I always take a little bit of issue with is I feel like it's actually 
really hard. You know, Tara keeps talking about like, where are the studies? It's like, it's hard to, to do a true scientific study on food. That's why that's not there because there's so many confounding effects. Like you can't just isolate food. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, definitely. And that was actually something that I probably spent most of the time researching. Like where, where are most of the criticisms coming from on this documentary? Like what, what is the issue? And almost all of them go down to the types of studies that they used. And that is why even the vegan community is like, cool, you know, we got our, we got our documentary, but they, it wasn't based on studies that actually can show causation. So a lot of the studies that they show, and this is true for a lot of food studies, they show correlation, but that you can't determine causation. So correlation does not equal causation. You know, I've heard it represented when we were going through grad school, like in the summer, ice cream sales go up and so do shark attacks. So does that mean that ice cream sales cause shark attacks? Thinking with it in that frame of mind, a lot of the studies that they use kind of tee it up that way. And they used a lot of very, very small studies. They used animal-based studies and referred them to, and then, and then used those results to an entire population. And then the other thing, exactly like you said, is a lot of the studies that they used did not control for other confounding factors, other factors that could be coming in, which I think can be directly seen in their firefighter example. Uh, all these people come in and they're like, wow, you know, I've been vegan now for seven days. And like, look at all this weight that I've lost and my blood pressure is down and my numbers look better. Okay. But to me, the answer there is on the weight loss. A lot of the driver is on this weight loss. And I think it's important that um, you consider cool. Yeah. Eating more plants can help you maintain a healthy body weight. Um, that's, that's great. But most of the nutrition studies, you have to be a very well-designed study that controls for all those confounding factors so that you can actually determine, okay, is the, are these results because of the food that they are eating? Or is it because of all of these other factors that are coming into play? The fact that they lost weight, the fact that they started exercising more, the fact that they started sleeping better, the fact, you know, all of these things. And a lot of times, especially when comparing a um, vegan diet to an omnivore diet or someone who's mixed or someone who's even even going all the way polar opposite carnivore, vegan diets require a lot of time and attention, a lot of time and attention. And a lot of time, if, if an individual is willing to put in that much time and attention into their diet, they are doing other health promoting behaviors as well. They're more active. They get out in the sun. They don't smoke. They all of these things, they take really good care of their bodies far beyond just their diet. Um, and so that can be seen in a lot of the studies and a lot of studies don't control for those additional factors. And I think those factors very clearly support health. And so, yeah, a lot of times those results are going to look better. And that is the type of studies that they used to prove their point here. But when you go into studies that do control for those, a lot of times disease risk, all-cause mortality, all of that comes out fairly similar between vegan diets um, mixed diets, whatever diet you choose, you have to control for all of the factors. And many studies that have done that have found there not to be such a significant difference between those that follow a diet like that versus a mixed diet. Every time you're talking, I keep thinking, this is why they didn't invite a registered dietitian on the film because a registered <laughs> yeah. dietitian will point out all of these yeah. things and would poke holes in their entire film. So instead, we'll just leave the registered dietitian out of it. <laughs> 
Right. But one thing I found really interesting as I dive more into these athletes, and I think this is why also why the film says plant-based instead of vegan or vegetarian, is because mm-hmm. this is very loose about what some of these people are eating that they're highlighting. Like one of the professional fighters, he eat fish and eggs still. They don't highlight that. They just call it plant-based, which in everyone's mind, when you think of plant-based, you kind of immediately go to just plants, you know, none of the animal proteins. And so I thought it was very shady. They, at the end, they showed Tom Brady and I'm like, I know he eats meat. And I Googled it. And of course the thing that pops up, if you type in is Tom, you know, Brady vegan comes up that he's 80% plant-based and 20% animal based. And I just, I know we've talked about this before, but do you have anything more to add about like the well-rounded diet component of it? Because I feel like they really pulled the wool over our eyes using plant-based when a lot of these people are in my mind consuming, you know, what I would consider like both. Yes. No, I, 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 took the same thing away. And I think it started, they opened their whole thing on this like really compelling argument about the gladiators, right? And how the gladiators (laughs) ate mostly plants and all of this. But you say mostly plants, mostly plants. They don't say only plants. So they start the whole documentary describing, I, I wouldn't even, I don't even know if you can call it vegetarian, right? They, they end up describing a plant forward diet. So now the term plant forward is coming out. And I actually really enjoy that uh, term. Plant-based does not have a formal definition. And so a lot of times when they are talking about plant-based, we all are like, okay, yeah, plant only, exactly like you said. Plant forward is one like a Tom Brady who eats mainly plants, 80% plants. But like you mentioned earlier, Tara, if you actually listen or actually follow the dietary guidelines, the vast majority of what is going to be on your plate is plants. I would say I eat a plant forward diet. So I, I agree with you, Natalie, that I, I feel that they used these terms really, really loosely uh, without ever defining it. So one of the weird parts of the film that I actually thought that I want I, I know we're like getting, I feel like, it, it, into time, but I uh, want to touch on this before we move on is like they keep saying like cows are just the middlemen and you can go straight to the source and like get everything you need like from the plants and skip the cow altogether. And they have this like whole argument that like we aren't built for meat. And I just kept thinking like, but we're not ruminants. So we're not built for breaking down plants either super efficiently. They they lost me at these points like 100% because that is, in my opinion, one of the most ridiculous things I have heard somebody say because you can see it clear as day uh, that there is a difference in the protein level and a difference in the protein quality. We cannot upcycle the way that animals can. And so the way that animals contribute to the diet is that they feed off of very low quality and low quantity protein items like a grass, uh, and they upcycle it into something very high quality, very complete, very bioavailable, and higher in content as far as protein goes. And so to say that animals are just the middleman and that all that protein actually comes from the plants is not comparing apples to apples because plants might have one gram of protein, maybe two. Uh, If you look at the nutrition label, it's very low versus a steak, you know, that is eight plus grams of protein. Same with like a glass of milk, eight grams of protein for a glass of milk. So I just thought that that was ridiculous. And then they have this whole comparison about how, you know, the peanut butter sandwich has the same as the steak and the same as the eggs. Yeah. If you add in enough plants 
you can probably get them to total up to the same amount of protein. Uh, but we got to look at amino acid profile. And then I want to know about the calorie content. And I looked at mm -hmm. that and the eggs kind of come out to around 200. The steak comes out to between two to 250. And when you look at this peanut butter sandwich example that they give, it's like 400 plus calories. <laughs> and so that I just... They, I just, they totally lost me on those examples. I can't honestly believe that they were included in the film and that they were like, this isn't going to get any pushback because I think that is a very gross misrepresentation of uh, the contribution of animal products to the diet. I, and again, I'll use the word dangerous. I just think it's, it's dangerous to represent. That is how you create massive protein deficiencies. I was so confused by the cows or the middlemen part. I didn't even know what to do with it. I was like, where no. I was, I had just never, I guess maybe heard that before. I don't, I was so thrown by it. But Tara, why don't you share your favorite fact about um, animals or ruminants upcycling protein? Because I feel like this fits perfectly here. Oh my gosh. I know I'm like over here shaking my head. I know people can't see me, but I'm like, yes, yes, Lauren, keep going. Um, but no, like one of my absolute favorite facts, if you listen to this podcast, you're probably tired of me saying it, but cattle actually upcycle protein. So they take 60 grams of incomplete protein. And then thanks to the enzymes and like bacteria in their gut, they upcycle it to 100 grams of complete protein, which is just wild when you think about the fact that they do that. And ruminant animals are the only thing on the planet, plants, animals, they're it that can actually take incomplete protein and upcycle into even more complete protein, which is, I don't know, when you actually think about the science behind that, that's wild. And it, just a great argument for why we were intended to be able to include animal protein in our diet. So we have spent a lot of time talking about health, obviously, on this. And so did this entire documentary. But I just kept waiting and waiting for them to be like, what about the environment? And mm -hmm. like the last 10 minutes, they're like, oh, and by the way, cattle are using all the land and water. And I literally put in my note, oh, there it is. Like they're <laughs> they're, they're, they're going to close this out with like cattle are killing the planet. Like if we haven't convinced you with all of this other like random information, you know, this is the issue. And there was so, I mean, we aren't even going to get into it all right now, but there was so much misinformation on the environmental side. Yeah. I'll give a little spoiler alert for everyone listening. Our film that we're going to do next month is actually Cowspiracy. And then the Ooh. positive, we're going to highlight that was is Sacred Cow. So I think that will actually be the most fitting time to spend on these environmental issues. So I guess that gets us kind of to the end. And I guess what are people's biggest takeaways. Lauren, let's start with you. I think this documentary did a great job showing the power of plants. Only one in 10 Americans eats enough fruits and vegetables. And so I think they did a great job showing, hey, yeah, this can absolutely support your health. But I am a big advocate that so can animal products and that animal products support the health, growth and development of individuals at all different life stages if you choose to include them in a well-balanced diet. So that would be my biggest recommendation for people. My takeaway was that they lost me at their comparisons. Um, so good advocate for color, uh, not a great representation of what animal products can do in the diet. I think for me, 
it is like the cherry picking data, like picking, like we talked about the vitamin C versus not even like mentioning the B12. And this actually goes like Natalie already said, like spoiler alert, we're, we're doing cowspiracy. And like one example of this is I feel like they're, they're picking narratives and data that work for them. And in cowspiracy, it was like, oh, if you drink milk, you're going to be fat like a, a cow because, you know, a, a milk is made to grow a cow. And then in this movie, they were like, eat plants and be as strong as an ox. And I was like, what happened to being fat like a cow? and conspiracy and it was just like they're picking whichever thing they want for that moment that works in that instead of looking at like the bigger picture but I think my biggest takeaway actually is kind of on that same note that when I watch this I I actually don't feel like this is targeted at like middle age people you know like I wouldn't watch this and be like oh I want to be a college athlete or I want to perform in the Olympics you know like I don't feel like it's actually targeted at our demographic looking back now and like thinking about everything we've talked about. I do actually. And I think that's why they started with the rap song. I think it's targeted at teens and college students. And so I think my biggest takeaway actually is for any parents listening to this, make sure you're having a conversation with your youth that is like, think sports are cool, wants to have the lean fit body that athletes do. Like really make sure that you're having that conversation about, you know, if they have seen this or if they have friends that are talking about game changers, you know, make sure you're having those conversations. Cause I I do think that's who this is targeted at, is at younger generations, not so much like ours and beyond. Yeah, that is so true. And to remember that the athletes that were portrayed in this documentary were selected for a reason. And so you can also find plenty of very high-performing athletes, very strong, very physically fit, ones that excel in training, that eat a very blended diet. And so I think that's the other thing is it can be tempting to watch this documentary and be like, okay, if I eat like him, I will look like him. And this is how uh, I see a lot of this propaganda kind of used is that eating just like them is going to make you just like them. And you have to remember all the training that goes into these individuals and remember that the, the people that were brought into this documentary were brought on for a reason to fit this exact narrative. And it's to show you can perform on a vegan diet. Absolutely. But they left out all the people who perform on a blended diet. Yeah. I'm like, I want to look like the, you know, runner from Sydney, like her body's great. I look like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think you're going to have to do a lot more than just eat plants to look I like know. that. I, you know, I, what are you saying, Tara? What are you saying about <laughs> the work I have? To you're, do? You have a fabulous, healthy body, Natalie. I don't know what to tell you. Oh my gosh. Well, that is our episode, you guys, today. Thank you so much, Lauren, for coming on. You added so much expertise. I am so happy we brought you on. Will you please plug yourself for people who want to be able to follow you and learn more? Because I think you do a phenomenal job in the social space of talking about these things. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So if y'all want to follow along, you can follow me on Instagram, Nutrition at its Roots. Uh, I talk all about nutrition, food, farming, do quite a bit of debunking in basically every space. Um, Follow along. You can send me a message if you have any questions. I'm always happy to uh, respond. And for everyone listening, our film next week is Beyond Impossible. It's going to be a great counter argument to this discussion we had today. So if you want to follow along, um, you know, have watched, I guess, the film as we talk about it next week, go ahead and watch Beyond Impossible. It's by Vinny Torturich. I don't know if I'm saying that correct. And we're actually interviewing him and bringing him on too. And he is the man behind this movie. So we'll get a lot of inside information about this. So we're really, really excited about next week's conversation. All right. Thank you for listening to Discover Ag, where every week we discover what's new in the world of agriculture. We will see you guys on Thursday with one of our regular episodes. 
Thank you.